What's going down, good people? It's another episode of the Soft Straight Talk Show. We are here October the 1st. It's fall weather. Halloween coming. The Joker movie is coming this weekend. I cannot wait. It is going down. Todd Phillips, the director. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Starring Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. The Joker. The first origin story. Can't wait. Hope y'all go see it. I've been promoting the movie like they paying me, but hey, hey, look. I'm just excited to watch it. If y'all want to start paying me promoting stuff, hey, I will promote heavy for you. But anyway, we're going to kick some things off differently like I did last week. I started off NFL and talked about college, but now we'll start start off with college football. Because the big news that involves around the NCAA, that's right, the state of California, the governor, decided to shake things up, rock the boat, evolve. I'm talking about making college players feel like they are at least, uh, you know, you know, I just always feel like if somebody's doing something where people are coming to watch, if they're watching, you know, at home, or if they're sitting there and got the gear on, they cooking for the reason of maybe I can see a Zion dunk, or maybe I can see Reggie Bush run a touchdown. These players need to get paid. California, starting 2023, players, college players, California is going to be able to get that opportunity to get paid for their likeness for their you know name all that stuff so it's interesting to see how this is going to come full circle because you got some time for other states or other you know saying things for the coming place to be like okay we got to jump join this boat now because look at this now think of teams like ucla that's been struggling for some time just think if they can be like okay now they can get paid you know what I'm saying usc whoa how? I mean, that's a game changer. So you would think that some copycatting scenarios is going to happen, and it just all it took one, and that's and that's just good enough. And I, you know, LeBron James, and you got other people that got their name in a hat as far as trying to get this done and being advocates. But LeBron James being the, the the top one because he had the governor on his show, the shop, and he sit there and signed the bill right there on the show. So all I can say is that man. It's a a darn good thing because, you know, you go through the years where you think some things are just a little bit unfair. You know, Reggie Bush, you know, saying, like, had to give up his Heisman. You had people that had to forfeit because of some dollars. You know what I'm saying? Now, performance-enhancing drugs, you know what I'm saying, Uh, shaving points, uh, taking dives and stuff like that. You don't want that in the sport, you know what I'm saying, in all sports. So you don't want that at all. But when it comes down to, like, you know, getting paid for your likeness, you know what I'm saying, getting paid for the reason why people came to see Zion, the reason why Center would say Zion's name 50 million times over LeBron James' name is because he's bit box office, he's marketable. So, I mean, like, why can't that person get paid for that even though they're in college? Like, it just don't make no sense. There's people that can get paid in college, you know what I'm saying, for something professional-wise, you know what I'm saying, except for the basketball and football players. It's crazy. Baseball players can get signed in the minors and still play and do all that stuff and have money and, you know, or get an agent or something like that. And then, boom, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
I think soccer does it. I think uh, some other stuff does it. Where it's like football, basketball. It's like nah. But now it's about to change. It's a good thing. It's a real good thing. So, uh, 2023, we can really get back to it. Right now, it's still, if you take $20 from Deion Sanders, you're going to probably get in trouble. But I don't know. It just, just, it's, it's great to see that the ball is rolling to possibly other, you know, states will open up and say, hey, let's get, let's get that done. Because what's wrong with an amateur player making some money on something that, you know, that they should be making money on. I mean, you got pro teams tanking to get these players that might be good on a university that, yeah, they might make a lot of money that might not necessarily need that player. But you got people sitting there saying, I'm going to go see two attack below it. I'm going to go see Trevor Lawrence. That becomes something, something different, way different. Johnny Manziel to the Tim Tebow's to the Vince Young's, all those guys was Name. They didn't sit there and go, oh, I wanna see that Texas Longhorn team, you know, I'm gonna play when it came down to who was gonna I wanna see Vince Young, you know. God, you know, they had everybody on that team. But I wanna see Vince Young. So yeah. But kicking things off, man. What's wrong with Maryland? Fifty nine or nothing? What's wrong with Maryland, man? <laughs> That's crazy, man. Penn State fifty nine nothing. Herm Evers knocks off California twenty four to seventeen. Man, that's a good. That's a, that's that's right there, man. That's spirited. That's what you call spirited right there. But uh, Michigan fifty two to nothing on Rutgers. If they play a team that has any type of, I don't know. Any any type of because like it almost lost the army. So I mean, it's just almost saying like if any type of team that 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 has a a history of just which I don't know what's wrong with Rutgers, but it's just like Michigan ain't good, man. And they put up fifty two points against the Rutgers, they should feel real happy for themselves. I tell you that not that much to talk about on that one, man. It's it's where I feel like Harbaugh should be back in the NFL. I don't think college coaching is all for him. I think Stanford was just a real good situation for him to get a name because you had Andrew Luck. You had a good defense in a, in a time where I felt the division conference are. The conference was not as potent. You know, you had you had Chip Kelly's uh, teams that I always thought Chip Kelly had good teams. They put up points and stuff like that, but I always knew they couldn't win those certain games. You know, Jim Moore with UCLA, I already knew how that was going to go. And Cal, you already kind of see how that was going to go. But Stanford, for some reason, you know what I'm saying, hit that point to where they got some big guys on defense, that a good offensive line, and Andrew Luck, you know what I'm saying. So, you didn't have no wide receivers. They had no, I mean, you can't tell me that, what's the name, Wusu Wusu? He ain't playing no more. So, I mean, like, they didn't have really that much, but it just it was just the right time. Good defense, good offensive line, and Andrew Luck. And then you you show that pro style offense. You're like, man, he's really an NFL guy. Jim Harbaugh don't need to be in the in, in the college ranks right now, especially at Michigan trying to win. There's other guys I think that can go there and win. That they don't have to be a Michigan guy. You know what I'm saying? So Michigan will have to straighten that out. But 52 to nothing, nonetheless, against the Rutgers. And you know, please excuse me, got a little stuffiness. 
So I might sound like sauce mixed stuffings. But uh, I will, you know, I will get through it. Y'all just bear with me. But Texas A&M beats Arkansas 31-27. They celebrated like they beat Alabama. It's the wrong team that starts with an A. Just wanted to mention it, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all didn't beat Alabama. Y'all beat Arkansas. Arkansas got murdered by Alabama, okay? Just wanted to let y'all know that. They would get murdered. Um, the state of Iowa beats Middle Tennessee 48-3. Um, Iowa, they do this sometimes because they don't play nobody. As far as MP10 goes, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll linger on and, and, you know, hang around and whatever like that. But they just, you know, always look at Iowa as that team to where they go down 10-3, 10-14-10. 17, they, they won't go crazy to win, you know, big. I'm telling you, man. You know, it's all fluff with the 48-3 on Middle Tennessee State. So, I, we'll see as the season go on. But I'm going to tell you about somebody that had a game. And I was highly impressed. What you always are when it comes to this team is the Oklahoma Sooners. Jalen Hurts once again put on a freaking show against Texas Tech. A team that I felt... You know, they could probably score some points next to them and make it a you know an interesting fun game. Seventeen to twenty four. He only took twenty four passing attempts to get four hundred and fifteen fucking yards. Excuse my French. Three touchdowns and a pick and a rushing touchdown. Seventy yards rushing. Second best rusher on the team in the game. Really is the second best rusher on the team, honestly. Then you hit C.D. Lamb, seven catches for 185 yards, three touchdowns. That boy bad. Then you got Rambo, who's a bad boy. So, I mean, this team is just ridiculous, man. And the defense, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got a break. They got a break. I don't think Oklahoma has the best defense. They got a break today. I mean, on Saturday. They got a break. But Jalen Hurts is really trying to win that Heisman. Making three Oklahoma quarterback Heismans. That'd be unprecedented. But this guy right here, man, he's starting to show that, you know, it wasn't like he was could do this at Alabama because it was throws he couldn't make. It was times when he looked bad. But there's times where you can work on your game and get better and do that time. Who's to say that he would have looked like that in the National Championship last season against Trevor Lawrence if he'd have got to play or whatever? So, I mean, some things he could have got better on and got better at and then going to a more – that's best move the ball system in a in a conference where it's not the SEC. You're gonna you're gonna get that result. And uh, Jalen Hurts is taking full advantage of it. Like I said, glad you didn't come to Miami, which I wanted you to. But would you have had the success? I mean, the way our offense, we got to really learn how to get that offense coordinator from Alabama, the guy that he uh, was really comfortable and familiar with. He chose to go to Oklahoma, which I, I mean, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Wisconsin brought out their 19 in Northwestern, brought out their like the 1940s or 50s uniforms, man. It looked cool. It had the khaki pants. Northwestern had a nice cool helmet. And that ended up being a real good game, 24 to 15. Um, Jonathan Taylor, man, that guy's my husband so far. I mean, the numbers that he's got shouting out. I mean, Jesus Christ. But um, in this in this particular game, you got to have somebody like him. You can just pound the ball at 26 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown, just to get just get the ball, just move the ball, move the clock. 
move the ball, move the clock. And sometimes he's going to play to where he's going to bust long ones, but his longest one was only 15 yards. So it turns into this like bell cow situation. It gets 4.6 yards per carry. And that's my Heisman pick so far, Jonathan Taylor. Other guys that I could throw out there would probably be, <clears throat> be Jalen Hurts, who I was just talking about. And I'm a big Jerry Judy fan, but his numbers are not going to equate so far to where um, Taylor and uh, Jalen Hurts is. Those, I mean, those are the top two guys. I mean, the only person I can think outside of that is Tua. I mean, you know what I'm saying, really? I mean, like, I, Trevor Lawrence is not balling, balling. Um, you got other guys out there just real, real good teams and stuff like that, man. But you can't really go – can't go wrong if you're thinking Jonathan Taylor or Jalen Hurts right now. Those are the top two guns in the holsters for a Heisman candidate. You know, the other ones are just in the bag. And, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you, if you want to get that one right there, that's that's, my, that's one of my one of my things. <laughs> but uh, the khaki pants, Wisconsin, man, they got it done. 24 to 15. Michigan State going up against Indiana. They get it done. They lost to Arizona State. They, they, they lost a little mustard. But you can't lose to Indiana. You know, but Worky, how you ever say that name? He got a good, decent arm. I think he can be functionable in the NFL. I can't wait to see, um, you know, that they go down because, you know, that team, like, he can take that team about as far as, you know what I'm saying, that, that team is just not built. I mean, they, they're, they're, I think they're going to leave unranked at the end of the season. I think they're not going to be ranked by the end of the season. Michigan State, I just don't see it happening. But Lewerke, he's not bad. He's not a bad quarterback. But get down to with uh, North Carolina Clemson, man. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, like I said, he ain't. Everybody thought there was a Heisman candidate right there. Trevor Lawrence gonna be the guy. Not gonna be sitting there saying that's a Heisman. Travis Etienne has been mentioned as a Heisman candidate beginning of the season. He started off with a bang. Did he slow down some with his game? But Trevor Lawrence went 18 and 30 of 206 passing yards, only one touchdown. And Travis Etienne only had 67 yards of 14 totes. What got it done was this defense is just so fiery. And North Carolina, man, they just couldn't get it done. Sam Howell, you know, 15 and 27, 144 yards. Um, one good thing I can say about North Carolina is that they are on the up and up. With Mac Brown. With Mac Brown, they're going to be a good football team because they're playing different. They're playing harder. And they weren't horrible when he got there. They weren't like in a dumpster fire. Hell, they just, you know, you know Mr. Bisky ended up being the top pick, which he's not that great. But they've been in the mix. They've been, they've, they've, they've been in that winning season trend and just trying to find a coach to really take them over. North Carolina looked like they could be something there. It was always to say that Syracuse could be that team that just just completely, you know, brain farts the Clemson Tigers. But North Carolina almost got it done. They almost got it done. Jesus. I, you know, one thing I would mention about North Carolina is that I cannot stand that the fact that Cole Anthony 
I'm going to basketball and this. And Cole Anthony decided to go to North Carolina. Why not go to Kentucky? You know, you're an awesome basketball player. I just like just thought that like, man, he go to Kentucky and feel the need to where like we got Jalen Green to sign. He'll stay. And then him and Jalen Green can Oh my god. I'm gonna quit talking. But Cole Anthony, man. I'm just talking about North Carolina just made me think of that. Just like, man, I really wish he would have went to Kentucky, but he's gonna be a special basketball player. Cole Anthony is the son of Greg Anthony. Former UNLV running rebel. Anyway. Keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. Virginia Notre Dame. Virginia couldn't get it done. If Virginia had that, that moment to, to, to try to make something, you know what I'm saying, happen as far as the ACC ranks moving up. Can they be official? Can they be real? You lose 35 to 20 to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a good team. But like I said last episode, talking about Notre Dame, they can trick you. It'll be coming about three or four more weeks. They can trick you. And they might win the game, but they can trick you. You go, okay, now I know this Notre Dame team. Of course, Alabama murders Ole Miss 59 to 31. Then I not mention the teams that are tanking. Dolphins, Denver, them Bengals, the Jets. Teams like this, man, might look and be like, man, just that Tua guy. But really, Jerry Judy is another guy. Najee Harris. It just, it's just crazy, man. But Devontae Smith was the star of this game. 11 catches, 200. In 74 yards, five touchdowns. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five touchdowns. Devontae Smith, who said, you know, people like to talk about rugs. People like to talk about Judy. Don't forget about me, Devontae Smith. 11 catches, 274 yards, five touchdowns. I don't know. Maybe he might have did to his homework or something before the game. But he got hooked up with targets, man. I'm talking about targets. Ole Miss, got to just feel bad for, for, for Ole Miss. It was the time where Ole Miss can kind of hang with Alabama. That coach was a, was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. Then you got Chad Kelly. That guy was a nutcase. And here he still gets signed to NFL teams and Cap Kent. Like, Chad Kelly had the nerve to get released. He was on a team? God. UCF dismantles Connecticut. UCF took a loss last week. Jeez. Washington State has completely fell off the boat as far as the air raid workness of that offense. The Utah Utes said, hey, if y'all to beat, you know, a UCLA team when you're up fucking forever. What was they up, like 39 points? 37, something, something like that? You allowed that to come back? You're not going to win another game. Washington State might win, but by, by maybe win 
I give them three more wins, man. I think after you lose a game like that, like y'all did against UCLA, how can you play right after that? I just don't even see that in the cards. Uh, last time I talked about college football and talked about Ohio State, they was going against Nebraska, which I said this game could be something to look at, but I did not like the way Nebraska has been playing football. And yes, the Colorado game was tough. You went against Montez and all that stuff like that, but you're still not showing me good shit. And that's why I knew Ohio State was going to dismantle them 48-7. And J.K. Dobbins, that's another Heisman candidate right there. The middle was guy. He got like 500 yards rushing. Well, like freaking, how many touchdowns? Like he's, he, he's a freaking nature. He had 24 carries, 177 yards. But to- all in total, I mean, this guys he's, he's, he's losing his mind. J.K. Dobbins, man. That's a beast. That's a beast, J.K. Dobbins. Justin Fields, another beast. He's six foot four. Got a nice arm. Can move a little bit in the pocket. Can run. 15 is 21, 12 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. 203 passer rating. Nebraska didn't know what hit him. And then, you know, Adrian Martinez, 8 of 17, 47 yards. Horrible. Three interceptions. Horrible. If he don't come back and play good next season, all that talk about this Andre Martinez guy is out the wayside. I mean, he had some good games last season. And it looked like for this campaign, he was going to have a pretty good one this year. But... Nope, not it. It's not it, and it's not for you. Um, Auburn dismantles Mississippi State 56-23 to keep their stellar number seven shining right. Florida beats Towson 38-0. Keep their top ten ranking shining bright along with other teams. That's why I say Clemson might lose that number one spot. Or, or could they? I don't know. College football, man, when it gets to this point, you start thinking, okay, you got the upset alerts and stuff like that. You, you, you sit there and see how the teams look at adversity. Do they tuck their tail between their legs or do they make big plays? And so far, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you've, you have found some teams that can, can you know what I'm saying, can in a, in a, in a saying an upset alert fashion, when teams can look like, whoa, what's going on here? If all you got to do is just find a rhythm. There's so many teams this year that's won those games where people are like, oh, well, oh. And, you know, we, we, Clemson can be on that number one list as far as North Carolina go. I mean, you found teams that blew teams out that was in trouble in the first, second quarter. I think some teams that get in that upset alert, they get so they try to strip the ball, try to hit stick, try to go for the big play. Oh, man, I'm only going to get two yards on this. When we reverse field, instead of just doing the normal things and getting back into the game to win, you try to do extra to try to win that game. And that's where you find the upset. 
So these teams in the top ten and stuff like that, if you if you want to prevent that from happening, man, just keep playing your game. People get so out of sorts, and that's how you lose. That happens all the time. When you play teams, when you're a good team, you play a team that is looking at y'all like, we're going to give y'all our best shot. You have to look at them as a team that has got got somewhat of a boost. It's like they're boosted a little bit, just a little bit. I mean, Michigan State versus Ohio State. And the way Michigan State's been looking, they're going to they gonna turn it up a notch. West Virginia's going to turn it up a notch against Texas. You know what I'm saying? Texas Tech, all of being them, how they lost to Oklahoma, they're going to turn it up against Oklahoma State. They got to get one of them. There's teams like Utah State. They can't do nothing with LSU. You know it. But until it starts to happen, first quarter, second quarter, and 17, you're like, oh, snap, what's, what's, what's going on here? Then what can LSU do? What Joe Burrow can do then? That's what I like to see in games, especially at this time of the season where you maybe about two, three weeks are really playing some real good teams. And you got some teams that are, that are really ready now. Auburn, Florida, that's ready to go, 3.30 this weekend. So that that's that's a prime example to where that's the game where you're like, okay, now you're gonna see some stuff. Iowa, Michigan. Uh Iowa's might win that I was gonna win that game by two touchdowns. I don't see Michigan winning that game. I don't I don't see Florida beating Auburn. So, you know, saying week seven, Penn State out, depending on what happens, Florida, LSU, depending on what happens. And we're going to really see. I can't wait to Florida Auburn. Can't wait to see that game. I'm watching every snap of that game. I'm going to make sure I watch that game. 3.30. Oh, no, it's 8 o'clock. Uh, I'm tripping. 3.30. CBS. It's easy. CBS, 3.30, Auburn, Florida. 5-0, 5-0. SEC, East, SEC, West. I can't wait for that one. I cannot wait for that one. War Eagle versus Chomp em Up. And, you know, another cool thing about that matchup is is that when I'm, I'm a Miami Hurricane fan in Florida playing that game, I want to see if how better they have gotten and now they're going to be playing a top 10 team in their conference. I want to see how much they have gotten better. You know what I'm saying? Because they almost lost to uh, Kentucky. So, I mean... <laughs> So, I mean, I can't, can't, oh, hey, good luck with a good week of practice for both teams. But Florida, y'all better bring it. 
Auburn's not playing. I want to see if Auburn can show a different uh, show a different look to where to say later down the season if they can beat Alabama. That's what you kind of can see. It's like what which one of these SEC teams that looks like something that's like okay they can knock off Alabama. That's why I look at every season with the SEC. It's like what's that second team? One year is LSU, sometimes it's Georgia, then it's Auburn. It hasn't been Florida in a minute. Used to be Florida when Tim Tebow was there. It really hasn't been Florida at all in a while that can combat with Nick Saban. Even when he was at LSU. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm being real talk. Like he was he 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 he, he runs shit, man. I don't look at the SEC as like Ooh, look at that car. I look at, like, okay, who's the second team? Like, what I mean, like, people can look at the conference, like, Big 12, Big 10, and you're like, man, that's okay. Like, it's going to, I don't know who's going to come out the winner there, or, like, that's going to be a nice little conference championship. Or the talk is different. When the SEC is just like, who's second to Alabama? So we can at least see if they're good enough to compete against them. Because it's always some other conference team that gives Alabama that game in a championship game. Clemson and stuff like that. Because when LSU got that chance in the championship game, you saw what happened. So who is, is it Georgia? Is it Auburn? Is it Florida? Is it it LSU? They finally got a quarterback that can throw 300 yards down the field. And I sit there just running the ball game and pitching, catching with guys with no accuracy or can't throw, Joe Burrow can actually get him 500 yards in a game. You know what I'm saying? Against, you know, an opponent that can let it happen or 300. For, against uh, Miami last season, he, he threw a damn good game. And he had one of the, more or less, say, one of the best. He was a part of one of the most high-scoring football games I've ever heard of in my life. So who's going to make Alabama feel like, you know, there's somebody else that can, like, you know, give us that problem? I mean, like, there's no other conference that has a team like that. Ohio State, you know what I'm saying, the, the Big Ten, I mean, that's that's it. And that's, and that's really because of Urban Meyer. Because Ohio State was not, was not like that. Now they are that team in that conference where you like, yeah, Ohio State. Chances are them losing, like, but they they do it they do it way worse than Alabama. You know, Alabama might have that one loss in that conference or that one time they go lose or something like that. It just it happens more with Ohio State. You know, what I'm saying the worst. They can lose to Iowa. They might lose to Michigan State. They might can lose to a, you know, what I'm saying they're not gonna lose to Michigan, not forever. <laughs> but they 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 do it more than Alabama. But damn, you can think of another team that's in a conference, but like they just don't lose. That's that's them. Cause Texas loses, man. You know what I'm saying? Oklahoma takes L. So you look at USC, they lose to Stanford, Oregon, whatever. So there's no other conference other than the SEC where you look at there's that that Mac, the Mac. You know what I'm saying? Like the the Mac daddy of them all is Alabama, man. Then you got the junior Mac. And Ohio State is the big team there. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's how I break it down. So, who's going to be second to Alabama? That Tua 
squad with Najee Harris and Jerry Judy and Ruggs and Devontae Smith and Roquan Davis and sheesh. Those long, tall corners, man. Freaking, uh, uh, what's his name, man? Uh, Sertan. They just got it. I mean, like, like I said, Alabama just, I, I don't know if they get bored or, or just so much tape that, that a team can get on them that's out of conference. That's, you know, Clemson might just be like, hey, man, like, I got them. But anyway, we'll keep it moving. Let's talk about some NFL. Let's talk about NFL football. Let's talk about why the freaking Vontez Burfick is a madman. Vontez Burfick is a madman. I look at Vontez Burfick as a person that played football, plays football well. But we don't need to be sitting there trying to kill people, man. Because... Let's be real. Uh, when you look at your history of what you have done and amounted up to, say, about damn near $5 million in fines, and the fact that you are sitting there with a man with his knee on the freaking field, knowing that that is a point of surrendering or just lost his balance or just being down on the play, did you going to decide to run full speed at him, put your helmet down, and then try to take his head off? That's attempted murder. Or bodily harm? That's assault with a deadly weapon of his helmet. What I'm saying is, man, like, guys don't do that, man. Like, I've seen guys, like, it was a play when um, Dak was, uh, wasn't Dak, it was, uh, it was Andy Dalton, actually, last night. Andy Dalton was, 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 was getting hit when he was going down, and he got hit. He got hit up high when somebody wrapped him up around his waist, and he kind of, like, ducked. The one of them, and it looked like he can kind of, you know, one of those moments of Ray Hope to where he maybe could escape, but he wasn't going to escape. And then you had another player come in and crash down on him. And it looked like if you could be like, damn, that was, that's that's a little harsh. But nothing was caught. But what I'm saying is, though, he was still up. You know what I'm saying? Just like uh, in the, uh, uh, was it the Orleans game? You know what I'm saying? When somebody's still up and you make the hit, I mean, it get, but this man was down. He was down. Knee on the freaking turf. And you ran at him and hit that man like that, man. That is just crazy, man. Vontez Burger is a nut. And he can kill somebody out there in that field. So he gets a season-long suspension. And, you know, people ask the question, now, there's not a big outcry saying that's too much or that's harsh or they know who this person is. They know how many times he has sit there and put people in bad situations. Antonio Brown, he could be responsible for the reason why this man's a nut. But that's a that's a deserving penalty for Vontez Burfick is a season-long suspension, which he'll be able to appeal and all that stuff like that. He shouldn't win it. That's just too barbaric. It's just too much. It's too much to where in your mind, you're saying, I got, I don't care in the side of the rules or what. I'm about to take his fool out. By any means. The coaches are not telling you to do that. That's a, that's a perfect problem. That's a Vontez perfect problem. 
He needs to fix it. Like, come on, bro. Take a season off. It's week five, so you got a, a long time to think about it. All season, everything. Think about if you want to retire, even. But damn, Pontez Burfey out for the rest of the season because he don't. I mean, shit. He just he don't. I mean, that's crazy. Anyway. Chicago Bears, which this hit me kind of different because it's just like, man, just the, the start of the season and, and you know, the, the spirit of them and everything. But now it comes to where you're like, what the hell's going on with Roquan Smith? He's been sidelined definitely after he wasn't acting like himself around the team facilities for the past week or so. Oh, boy. The Bears will reportedly allow Smith to take time to deal with what the team describes as a personal issue. Now, this was the last rookie of last season to sign his deal. He held out, signed, played, light training camp, turned it on mid-season, and now we know Roquan Smith was the real deal out of Georgia. Second season, then we got this. Nagy quotes. Again, he's completely a personal issue for us. It's something that we're going to leave it at that right now. So, the only thing I can think of is a little story of last year. What was it? Everson Griffin for the Minnesota Vikings had the same issue or the same type of sit down as you will. Give me your helmet. So like, is this a concussion? Like, is this a kind of like a thing where maybe he could be going through some type of mental health? Something to where he could be, you know, acting out or something. I don't know. I mean, like, because like I said, I think it was Everson Griffin of last year. That they took his helmet and was like, you know what, man, you need whatever you need to go sort out, we need to go sort it out. I remember that. Then we got Roquan Smith on that. So I mean, you know, hope hope he's okay. Hope there's nothing really crazy, you know, saying going on, because we know, you know, like say like Belcher from the Chiefs for crying out loud or or you know saying or, or some other guys. But um Ah man. But he, he but you know, Nagy is not going to speak of, you know, saying what is going on with Smith out of respect. But, uh, yeah, he got taken out the game. Um, uh, won their win. I mean, so I don't know what's going on with the guy. Um, but yeah, had 122 tackles last year, man. Lit it up. So, hope he gets himself together. I was a big Roquan Smith fan. But we got a West Virginia Mountaineer, Nick Kalkowski, coming in to back him up. And I'm cool with that. I'm definitely cool with that. As a, as a you know, Miami Hurricane, I do uh, like to uh, support the Mountaineers. And Quinn Wachowski, he was one of my favorite players when he played. Number 35. 
going to get his chance. And there's a lot of active West Virginia football players in the NFL, man. I'm just trying to tell you, man. Worley, Smallwood, uh, my God, Geno Smith, Tavon Austin, Stephen Bailey trying to make a comeback. Teams need to go and take a look at it. But you got Kodakowski, you got Carl Joseph, you got... So, I mean, hey, we represent. Represent. And now we represent on the way because West Virginia now is starting to recruit a lot in-state. And I'm, I'm proud of the fact that you got guys that can, you know, can get that opportunity. You know, Derek Pitts, you know, he transferred to Marshall. But then you got Kerry Martin Jr. Uh, but, you know, you got other players that, you know, went elsewhere like... Uh, Dorian Etheridge went to Louisville. He's a standout stud linebacker. Uh, Terran Rush, uh, uh, freak plays for uh, South Florida. Uh, no, just in South Florida, Charlotte. Um, then you got uh, uh, Kerry Martin, like I said, played for West Virginia. Drake, Drake Pitts played for Marshall. So other players out there. That if I'm if I'm forgetting some, I'm sorry. But there are freaking man-childs out there, man. Freaking, or Etheridge and Rush. I mean, those, those guys, they, if you card them, I'd be like, I know they might not be 21, but shit, look at them. <laughs> but anyway, let's get to some scores and talk about some games. Because everybody, week four was, I, I, I'll say it right here, week four was, 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 was a good lineup. Damn good lineup. To start off with a damn good Thursday night game, Eagles and Packers. Aaron Rodgers, you know, saying sputtered towards the end of that game. He just couldn't get in that end zone and walk it to him. Carson Wentz, who looked like was going to struggle, ended up being the quarterback that got the job done and did it without Deshaun Jackson, a kind of a laboring Alshon Jeffrey. You don't got Golden Tate no more, so you got, you know, saying you, you, I think Goddard was hurt, so you got, you got. Ertz, you got it. It was it was skeleton crew, but you get it done, no matter what. And the big part of that is you finally use Jordan Howard. Jesus, use the man, and then he gets some yards, and then everybody gets comfortable. And then it makes that Green Bay Packers defense not as potent as it was the first two few weeks in the season, and it makes Aaron Rodgers have to work. And it made Devontae Adams work, 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 work till he got hurt. And that was big where he went out the game. It changed a lot. But it went out the game at the at a crucial time. Well, like he went out second you know, at the beginning of the second half or nothing like that. Like he got hurt in the fourth quarter when it when it when it really when some shit was going down and they needed him out there. And, you know, Scantley and, and Geronimo Allison and guys like that are good guys to be around a Devontae Adams. But him not being out there it would hurt. It hurt a lot. But uh, big ups to both defenses, though. They both played good defense. It just got to a point where teams were, you know, when we were both teams were, if, if it got to a point where the execute was starting to happen real good for the Eagles because of Jordan Howard. If you were able to, if Aaron Jones is doing what Jordan Howard is doing, then you might look at a different product where Packers might possibly win in that game. But Jordan Howard was, I felt, like the key of that Eagles team and to make Carson Wentz really settle in. He made some good throws. I mean, a sidearm whip, the one where he drives the ball down the field. I mean, Carson Wentz got a fun and good that can just be accurate, very accurate, pinpoint accurate, whatever he wants to do. That's why I say he's better than Jared Goff. 
The people that don't think that, it's crazy. But big win by the Eagles because they needed that, man. They needed that win because now they can be sitting pretty good in the NFC East that, you know, with Dallas taking their L. We'll get to that later. But it just, it was they, it was a win they needed. They needed that win. And the Packers are no longer undefeated. And there's some other teams that are no longer undefeated, too, that we're going to talk about. But the Falcons versus Titans, 24-10. What in the hell is going on in Atlanta? Wow, they even brought the freaking throwback jerseys and still couldn't get it done in their home field. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's that's tough, man. That's tough. That's super tough. And I saw one of the funniest videos was at halftime where the, the Falcons were going under the tunnel. And I guess, you know, you got some fans that can, like, say stuff and whatever like that. Man, I swear to God. There was an Atlanta Falcon fan that had me on the floor. He said, I'll show you how to tackle. He said, hey. He said, hey. He made sure Sanu, Julio, were all good. He said, y'all are good. He said, everybody else, tighten up. Tighten up. That was hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Marcus Mariota, I don't know if, if y'all noticed or not, but Marcus Mariota has not turned the ball over. Fumble or interception. He don't make mistakes. He said, I don't make mistakes. Not this year. And with Derrick Henry, you don't really have the, the, the luxury to sit there and just pit, throw the ball and try to squeeze it here and there. Get the ball to Derrick Henry. And you got little guys that make the catches, you know. Corey Davis. And, and, and uh, now they invested in this kid uh, uh, out of uh, Mississippi, Mr. Andre Brown. Look here. I knew he was going to be good. Okay? A.J. Brown. I knew the kid was going to be good. I said, A.J. Brown is going to be special. And that's exactly what he is. A.J. Brown. Three catches, 94 yards. Two touchdowns. Now my day's over. You know, Corey Davis, five catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. His day's over. Derrick Henry, 27 carries, 100 yards. That's all he needs. Two touchdowns. Don't need it. Because you got Brown and you got Davis. And he can also catch it sometimes, too, whenever they try to, you know, they had that 75-yard run. Um, what was it, week one? Not too many people want to get in front of Derrick Henry to make a attack. So the Titans, with even with their defense, you look at Malcolm Butler, Kevin Byer, Kenny Vaccaro. Jarrell Casey, Dory Jackson. Dory Jackson's starting to tackle, man. He's really starting to like the tackling thing. He looked like somebody was going to make business decisions and not be all into that. He's all about it. Amani Hooker, another good talent. This Matt Ryan throwing 50 times per game is just horse manure. Five sacks. They ain't throwing no interceptions, but you ain't throwing no touchdowns. Not running the ball. Devontae Freeman was getting 80 yards for like, what, 16 to 17 carries. We weren't getting yet. Uh, Coleman. Now you got replaced with Edo Smith. He's not doing nothing. It's a real bad situation with the Falcons because you can't throw the ball 50 plus times and, and not get no touchdowns thinking you're going to win the game. 
Like, Jesus Christ. Like, everybody's wide receiver numbers look good when you throw it 50 times a game, but you're not winning. Um, Chiefs, Lions. Wow. Um, play the game until the whistle is blown. There was a lot of Detroit Lion uniforms around, which was a lot of Kansas City Chiefs uniforms around, but act like the freaking play is still alive when you don't hear the whistle. I mean, like, um, um, Freeland, uh, Breland pick up the fumble, but if you look at where he picked it up, I mean, yeah, it was some Chiefs around, but there was no body on the ground that was alert enough to sit there and really kind of pelt, like really grab that ball. There was some Lions uniforms right there that really could have grabbed that ball. And you look at the biggest 14-point swing to get Kansas City back in this game, and then, you know what I'm saying, like it just blows you. It blows me away to where I hate goal line fumbles. It's a, it's a horrible mistake, and, you know, these guys ain't perfect. You got to squeeze that ball all the way down, man, because you cannot – get all the way down to the goal line and fumble. Think of the freaking binder play for the freaking Browns versus the Dolphins. You just can't do it, man. You can't do it. <laughs> can't. Hold on to the football, man. Just think. Jerome Bennett almost blew it for the Steelers and it took Ben Roethlisberger to make the tackle because then Mike Vanderjack goes down and misses the field goal. Lucky. But he fumbled at the goal line, man. You can't do that stuff, man. You lose games like that. Kansas City comes back and win the game. Patrick Mahomes had to win the game in a different fashion. Usually you think, like, pass is going down the field. He's having a launch party, throwing 24 points in a quarter. Nope. Still going to win the game. But it's still going to be Patty Mahomes. Gets it done. Matt Stafford fit in a pass that's out of this world. He threw a freaking – it was a red zone – uh, it was in the red zone, but he threw a freaking post route that was out of his world. The timing, it was three or four Chiefs right there. He fitted it in there, man. Like, I, if that's one thing I can say, Matt Stafford got a gun. And it's, and it's fun. Like, he's got a gun, man. You can't mess with it. He's from Texas, man. Those guys, they, they, they learn how to throw footballs like 78, 80 yards. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Um, Raiders beats the Colts. You know, Raiders is having that season where they're like, oh, they're, they're the shitty Raiders, and then they look good Raiders, and it's like, oh, they're the shitty Raiders, and they look like they're good Raiders. But drafting Josh Jacobs was smart. You know, uh, getting away from Antonio Brown could have been real smart. You know, was really, really smart. Um, defense, you know what I'm saying? They're growing, and they're growing, and they're learning. Big thing is, John Groot knows how to coach. When you see teams like this, when they're trying to build a coach or they're trying to get out of some old habits, you see the good coach starting to seep in. It's, it's like Novocaine. Give it time, it works. John Groot ain't no shit coach. People can make jokes or say he he, he puts on for the camera and all this stuff like that. John Groot knows how to coach, okay? Coach was not a bad game, a team coming into this game. The coach were a good team. Jacoby Brissett's been playing good, been having a high completion percentage. Marlon Mack's been good. The defense's been good. The Colts are a good team. Also, the Colts were at home. John Gruden came into Indianapolis. Ooh. Hey, man. Oakland said, we're going to go to Vegas. 
whether you like it or not, on a on a on a on a trend that is trending up with a new culture, with a with a massive deal that was given to John Gruden to go in Indianapolis and knock them off. That was kind of cool. I was like, well, I thought they was going. I thought Jacoby Brissett was going to have fun with uh, Oakland for real, for real, because they haven't looked bad. They ain't looked horrible for for a two and one team coming in. A lot of two and two teams, and one of them are the Buccaneers. Surprising because we played the Rams Sunday, and I'm saying we because I'm a Buck fan. I'm proud to say it. Coming into that four o'clock game. You know, the Rams was supposed to murder us. I think the last two meetings that the Rams and Buccaneers had, I mean, the Rams weren't even that established and they still beat us by 20 or two touchdowns. So you take that into effect. I mean, we had a, a mountain to climb. We playing a Super Bowl, uh, a Super Bowl team, a team that's trying to get back to the Super Bowl. And here we are playing. Here we are playing this division that that is. I mean, hey, look at the, the freaking 49ers. Look at the Seahawks. We gotta play these teams. And we already we should have beat the 49ers. That game should have been ours. We should have won. We had the ball twice from 14 to 20. And we lose the game. I don't know how we lost the game. We was driving the ball down the field and we lost the game. I don't know how we lost the game, but then there's neither here nor there because you know what? We beat the Rams 55 to 40. Yes, 55 to 40. It was, what, 20? It was, it got crazy. It was 14. Before the halftime, it was 14 to, uh, what, 20? No, it was 28 to 17? Yeah, it was 28 to 17, one and a half. Third quarter was that chess match. And then the fourth quarter, all hell broke loose again. Now, the all hell no was the pick six that James Winston threw to Marcus Peters after Mike Evans torched him and then played with him at the end zone. Just trying to waste time off the clock. It wasn't like it was unsportsmanlike and then like that. Just running some more seconds off the clock. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to be that type of team where anything counts. You know what I'm saying? We try to be that. So... I see players that lay on people when it's the time running out and they need to get up to spike the ball. But nobody's sitting there calling foul on that. So shut up. 55 to 40, Jameis Winston, one interception that I just talked about. But other than that, I can't be too mad at him because he went 28 to 41, 385, and four touchdowns. Ronald Jones, 90, 19, carries 70 yards. I give him big ups on that. Mike Evans, four catches, 89 yards. Hey, he had a slow day, but once it got down to the nitty-gritty, we know we're going to go to you because we went to Chris Godwin so much, they started watching him. Went to break. Break got a touchdown. Chris Godwin, 12 catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns. The Bucks, 2-2, two and two, knocking off a 3-0 team. There's a lot of undefeated teams coming in week, uh, week four, but not no more. Cowboys, Saints. 8 o'clock game on a Sunday. Everybody thought Saints don't got Drew Brees. Everybody thought Dak Prescott's on fire. It was going to be a good grand old victory for the Cowboys, but nope. It's a 12-10 win for the Saints. The Saints go out there. They keep marching. They keep marching. They keep marching, but this time led by the defense. Defense knew exactly what Cowboys were trying to do. They stopped Zeke Elliott. He got a fumble and lost 
it was no Amari Cooper showings too much. It was no Gallup. He didn't play at all. Uh, it was no big-time Randall Cobb moments. It was just, let's make them punt the ball. We're going to do what we do. If we can score a bunch of points, we can. If not, we not. But they got it done. The Saints got it done. 10 to 12, one of the most strategic, boring game I've ever seen on a Sunday night football. It wasn't like so much where it was like bad offense. It was just so many like just, it was tough. It was tough. Good defense on both sides. Both team, both team defenses should be happy that a team that lost, I know, but Jesus, it was good to see both teams defensively, you know what I'm saying, where both teams really hasn't had a good defense like that. I mean, Quinn for the Cowboys was all over the place. You know, Marshawn Lattimore made plays. Uh, you know, Davenport made plays. It was a good game, good Sunday night, good old-fashioned game where you think that was Baltimore-Pittsburgh, but it was Dallas and Saints. Speaking of Baltimore, Cleveland, 40-25, to beats them. Baker Mayfield shrugs off the you ain't good uh, stuff off his shoulder and goes out there, and Landry has a good game. Odell gets choked. I repeat, Odell gets choked. Now, you don't throw a punch to somebody and don't expect somebody to go get some get back. At least be prepared for it. Lost your earring and all. God dog it, man. He got choked up. Got choked. Got choked. And they got choked. 40 to 25. Nick Chubb got three tatas on 100 some yards, over 100 some yards. Nick Chubb is a man, and he ran like one. Patriots, 16 uh, to 10 on the Bills. The Bills show something different. We're, We're fast. And, we, and we're going to make sure we're going to get pressure on Tom Brady. He had to move around the pocket. He couldn't do what he wanted to do. Of course, Josh Allen couldn't do what he wanted to do. And it made it an interesting game because the Patriots couldn't run the ball. And when they couldn't run the ball, you can't have the Patriot way. <laughs> Second and five, third and four, third and two, stuff like that. And they had to deal with difference of that. And that's why the game was tough. And they still get it done like I predicted. Either way. Now, I didn't see the Panthers beating the Texans. That was totally left field. The Panthers beat the Texans. Uh, I like the touchdown Deshaun did. He did the, the Ken Bay Matumbo finger wag, but hey, Kyle Allen, man, got it done. Christian McCaffrey, another stellar day. He's really turned into one of my favorite backs in the league. Christian McCaffrey starting to make it in this league. It started last year. L.A. Chargers beats the Dolphins 30 to 10. We're not surprised by that. <laughs> not one more bit. The Seahawks beat the Cardinals 27-10. We're not surprised by that. Uh, DK Metcalf only had one catch, though. I'm surprised by that. Carson had 100 yards. I'm not surprised by that. And then, of course, Russell Wilson and Lockett. There are the two Lockett, Lockett-up duos in the NFL. They just love the pitch and catch uh, between those two. The Bears beat the Vikings. Now we have turmoil. Now Adam Thielen's talking about what everybody else has been talking about. Kirk Cousins sucks, okay? He sucks. We don't, we, everybody knows this. And then we're going to break it down to the Jaguars beating the Broncos. Now Chris Harrison is saying, oh, 13 more weeks left. But it was a good game. Broncos not played bad. It should be two. They should be. The record should be, what, 3-1? and one? Just keeping it real. They shouldn't have lost some of those games. They got cheated on one. But Gardner Minshew is a freak of nature as far as pocket presence and just the all of, I guess you could say, just he has a Gardner Minshew type aura because now they're making memes for this guy that is out of this world, man. It cracks me up, the, the memes that they make of him. It's like one of was like, 
before Chuck Norris goes to bed, he makes sure his Gardner Minshew isn't under there. I mean, like, it's just, it's been, it's taken a, a whole different, like, thing of its own as far as G. Minshew and the Jaguars. Don't look good for Nick, Nick Foles, I'll tell you that. It really don't. But, yeah, man, I mean, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> for my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do, and people are starting to notice. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? Rated R. And um, another thing I'm happy about is Leonard Fournette is back. You know, saying Leonard Fournette, man, I've been sitting there waiting on this guy to show up. I'm like, Jesus, man, like, what happened to Leonard Fournette? And now he has a good showing in um, a primetime football, and he um, it looked bad in the beginning, and then he sparked off a big 60-yard run, and then he got his legs to churning. We show up here in Denver, and he pops off 200-some yards and got an 81-yard run. Guys, long, you know, it looked like he's in real good. He was already in real good shape coming into the season. He was focused, but it just wasn't happening yet. Maybe the, the style of offense, maybe with Gardner Minshew, it could get better. Um, they're passing the ball better and they're moving the ball. So now he might open up the lanes where they're not loading the box. Gardner Minshew, man. He's, he's G. Minshew, the second, without being the second. There's, there's no, this dad's not Gardner Minshew, the first, I don't think. I'm telling you, the memes are crazy with him, man. The memes are out of this world. I think one of them said, uh, oh, man, I'm thinking. It said, yeah, it said Gardner Minshew's mother was driven, like, 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 it said, it said Gardner Minshew, after birth, drove his mom home from the hospital. Like, it, I mean, they said, they said Gardner Minshew built the hospital he was born in. Like, I've been cracking up with these G. Minshews, man. Like, they, they have been entertaining it's taking over the whole chuck norris thing i like that because he just that type of dude in real life stuff was no lie he walked around the campus with a bottle of crown royal um i think they said like a bottle cap like a tank top is like some like they say he was just like he's one of those dudes just kind of he's a free spirit walks the beat of his own drum type guy and he just he's done some things where people are like wow he, he like stretches and stuff in a jock strap only or something like that you know, so I mean, sunglasses. So he he does things to his his to his liking, and it's grown into this thing to where he came off the plane with that suit on. Everything clicked. Uncle Rico, this and that. He can be a big time name in the NFL if he's long keep his production up. And the play where he elude, 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 elude in a nice little toss. That looked like just an effortless little toss that he threw. That that was a difficult pass that he threw in the uh, back of the end zone. I can't remember who that was scored that. Um, but it just the way he moved in the pocket, he knew, okay, I got to slide here. I got to slide right here. I got to slide right here. Or, I think it was Armstead who got that, though. It was Armstead. So, I mean, like, the way he slid, 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 and stepped up, and boom, no, throw it, boom. That was perfect, man. That was good shit. I like that. And D.D. And, and Westbrook, catch the ball. And then you, you be a good wide receiver. You look like you wish you wash him, man. You, you drop him, you catch him, man. You just catch him at all the time. You be a, a star. 
And I'm going to say this. Joe Flacco has really not played bad, you know? I feel bad for Joe. Joe Flacco ain't played bad. Look at that drive they did coming down there to try to win the game. I mean, the drive, he drives the ball down the field. He knows how to throw the ball at Mount High, man. He's not playing that bad. So when people want to sit there and say, oh, Denver sucks, and like the first thing they want to point at is Joe Flacco, I'm going to be the first to tell you, he's not the problem. Now, he does have an interception in this game, but that if you go back and watch the interception, I mean, like the ball, it's it's one of those things. But I, I just look at it, it's like, is it really him? Like, is it really him? The pass he threw to Cortland Sutton was beautiful. I mean, like, it's a pass that he threw to one of the Sanders was amazing across the field. Uh, it's, I don't know. I can't just put all that on uh, Joe Flacco. I really can't. But uh, the Redskins and Giants, that was a very, very, very telling game of what could happen there. Um, Redskins family went to Dwayne Haskins. Nothing happened. Giants won. Daniel Jones now 2-0. and No Saquon Barkley. But this weekend coming up, they're getting gold tape from his four-game suspension. So they're going to have another player added to their team. And, uh, and, and the beat goes on. Monday Night Football, the two teams that, that, that go out there and damn near kill each other, a little light, but had some moments. Joe Mixon took out somebody on a block. Really, I don't think he wanted to, he wanted to go high, but dude was going low and ran into his lower body and took a – that's why you work out everything, everything solid. The man, Joe Mixon, was going to lay the block. He didn't lay the block like he wanted. The dude kind of was going low, and he ran into his lower body, and he and then he still got hammered. Joe Mixon, strong, solid guy. I mean, if you want to look at it like that. And then he had some other moments. Uh, uh, Andy Dalton got murdered. I mean, like T.J. Watt was, and, and Devin Bush made that night for Andy Dalton a living hell. And yeah, no A.J. Green. And uh, Brandon Tate is just six foot five just to be out there. John Ross is making catches that he should be making. Uh, John Ross is the best wide receiver they got. He's five foot what ten? So, I mean, it's just uh, I'm Cincinnati could have really had momentum in that game. They played the best defense coming out the gate. They got the fumble. They got the the, the three and out. I mean, they went four and four down and they get it and all that stuff and they couldn't score points. And then they let the Steelers just keep on trying different things. And, oh, what's working? Let's keep hitting. Let's keep hitting James Conner. Let's keep hitting James Conner. Let's keep hitting James Conner. Everything else will open up. And then there's this guy who fumbled in the first half who ended up making a play, Robinson, I think was his name. And then uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was just pretty much a guy on the side just kind of chilling and, and happy because, you know, we get the victory. We have won all season. Um, if you try to force me the ball, it ain't working. And, and 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 Mason Rudolph was 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 good at checking it down and being a game manager and it ended up being good for him. He went like twenty three or twenty seven or something like that. Wasn't nothing too too crazy. And he and he and he did a great job winning the game. He went out there and managed to win. Twenty four twenty eight, two twenty nine, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. He moved around well in the pocket. One play, he did a little scramble, scramble, get away, and dump it on down. And that was beautiful to see. That was beautiful to see. No sacks. No sacks. He usually hit, he was either hitting Deontay Johnson, that was his name. Deontay Johnson, anyone got the touchdown. But he was either hitting them or the running backs, the tight end Vanette. Like I said, Juju had 
Four targets. How many targets? Four targets and three catches. Hell, Carter had eight targets. Jalen Samuels had eight eight targets. Deontay Johnson had six targets. Deontay Johnson said, I, I, I take six targets, six catches any day in the touchdown. She. Joe Hayden dropped the interception. I thought he had that. But just all in all, man, that defense just got after him. I mean, I, it was like whoever's, whoever's defense is going to make somebody break, and it was Andy Dog who broke. He broke. He definitely broke. Ah, oh, man, I think, what, is it 23 days left to the NBA season starts? 23 or 22 days left. And uh, James Harden already shot his one-legged three in the first preseason game against, uh, uh, I think it was a Chinese team. And he didn't go in. But you can know he's going he's gonna to continue shooting it. You give somebody max money, they're going to start doing shit like this, man. It's just, as long as he don't act like Antonio Brown. But him and Russell Westbrook look like they happy together. And now we're going to have preseason basketball happening. Zion Williams was talking about he don't like his uh, his player on NBA 2K. Like, bro, you're a rookie. 81, year, uh, 81 overall rookie who on my season, as far as the Simcast goes, you averaging 20 points per game. But my thing is that how can you say you're too slow and you're like, you're like a Mack truck, man. Like, you're quick. And stuff, but like in the terms of saying the game, why are you why are you worried about that? Shoot, be quick in real life. Shit, that's crazy, man. People complaining too much. What do you want it changed? You think they're gonna go in there and change it, sir? <laughs> oh man. Fun weekend, man, though. Fun weekend, man. Earl Spence went against Sean Showtime Porter. 147-pound welterweight unification bout. A lot of big-time talk towards the end of the time when it was time to fight. You know, the last three weeks was a little, was a little heated. They had some heated interviews. and I'm going to knock you out. You can't knock nobody out. I'm going to knock you out. You stop. You stop. And all that stuff. What it came down to is one of the best fights I've seen in two years. It was the fight of the year so far in this year. But it could take over some fights from last year. That was a fight. Earl Spence and Sean Porter fought for 12 rounds, man. It wasn't no, like, oh, I'm going to dance here and there. They fought for 12 rounds. Hard left hands, hard right uppercuts, hard left hooks. You know, it was some jabs there and there. But a lot of power shots was thrown in that fight with a lot of mean intentions because Earl Spence was trying to drop Sean. And Sean Porter just fights with the type of aggression he fights in every fight. Every fight. Um, one thing I can say is that Earl Spence, the things he's going to have to learn is that you can't be slow against Crawford. You can't take, say, be down, say, three rounds to one, like I thought he was to Porter. And it took him time to really adjust to sit there and try to time Porter with the whole dip and bop dip and dodge. It's people like Crawford who would take little pieces from Porter, maybe not act like Porter, but move and, and be some, take your timing off because it's like, it was times where Porter was making you just kind of fling that left out there or couldn't place the jab because you weren't working behind it a lot. You couldn't go to the body where you wanted to because he stayed low. You was low blowing. And it took you about the sixth round to really start landing clean body shots. 
So, learning curve for him, for him to be able to win this fight because he did land a lot of shots. And the, the, the knockdown was a definitive one uh, when he hit him with the left hook. I mean, he 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 caught him so damn clean. It was man down. I knew it was man down. I knew it. Um, but good heart by Sean Porter. He fought his ass off. And he, like I said, he was up in that fight at a, at a point, and I thought he lost it. Um, when he lost a couple rounds, then he lost with the knockdown. And, you know, he tried to come back and fight hard. He hit him with, like, four shots in a row. I remember that was, like, round, like, 10, I believe. He hit him, like, four shots in a row. But it was just too late, I think, at that point. So, big ups to uh, uh, Sean Porter, though. He showed heart. And, and that right there, like I said, fight of the year. Fight of the year for me, hands down, so far. Unless Tyson Fury, I mean, not Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua and uh, Ruiz end up having one better than that. There's no other big time fights uh, towards the end of this year that I think Billy Joe's fighting somebody. I don't think they can end up doing that. So, I mean, you got guys that are fighting that, that can't do that. Dante Wilder and Ortiz, you know, fight November, but I think Wilder will take him out first round. So, 12 rounds, good boxing, good sprawling, good, you know, all that stuff. Southpaw versus conventional, it was tough. And and Sean Porter made sure he was gonna make it tough, and I'm 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 happy for both guys for going out there and making boxing great. So, man down unification. Now that's 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 enough belts for Errol Spence to smile, but he needs two more. Still needs two more. Go out there and get a big guy. But for good good weekend of good weekend man of sports, and um, can't wait for this week. Like I said, Joker, I'm going to be talking about that after I go see it. I'm going to do a review on that. That's going to start my movie reviews when I go see it. But like I said, it's coming when, uh, as far as the episodes, it's going to be doing, as far as I said, movies that maybe are not blockbusters, but movies that we all love, that probably watched it. Y'all want to hear me talk and break them down and some things you might not know, some facts, some things here, some what I thought who I thought was the best character in the movie or best scenes and stuff like that. I'm going to be giving it to y'all. And I'll be letting y'all know. Keep y'all updated. Those episodes are coming. So this is the Soft Straight Talk Show. And I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Y'all be good.